1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free In terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you need the perfect gift for the adults in your life or you're shopping for yourself, Virginia Lottery has you covered. The holiday scratchers are
3: beautiful and a lot of fun. Not to mention Virginia's New Year's Millionaire Raffle is back. And as a gift for yourself, virginialottery.com has tons of games perfect for when you're stuck in holiday traffic or in line at the store. For game odds and information, visit valottery.com.
1: Support for Do Not Scratch Your Eyes is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free delivery with the code YOUREYES20 at manscaped.com. Fessy was
3: wonderful to watch, but he insisted on beating a player or six, if he possibly could.
4: Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury
5: time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves. Knockout follows in, saves again. And now Whopperer on the counter-attack. Forestieri. I don't believe this. Here's Hulk Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester
0: penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes your eyes do not scratch
1: your eyes eyes, eyes, eyes. you're listening to the do not scratch your eyes podcast my name is justin and i'm colt tonight we've got a few watford fans joining us we have peter james the pidge and paul uh let's start with you peter obviously you're a friend of the podcast but uh let's get it out there how long have you been supporting watford and where do you sit in the stadium currently
3: Um, My first game was when we lifted the fourth division trophy in, what, April 1978, and I've been kind of on the Vicarage Road end. I never kind of commuted down to the rookery, so I sit in the the family stand with my son.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Good evening to you, James. Same question to you. Hi, lad.
4: Yeah, my first game was against Nottingham Forest in April 1983. Um, that's when I lived down in Watford, but I don't live in Watford anymore. So I've moved around the UK. I'm um, currently living in uh, in Blackpool. So I don't get to games as much as what I used to. I, I, I do the away the away matches, which is why I was a bit gutted that obviously we couldn't get to games last season because uh, there was quite a few I could have got at, you know, to go and see, sort of you know, them play, sort of in the local area. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a northwest follower from the moment.
1: Ah, fantastic, fantastic! Like
0: it, like it. Over, Loving the shirt, by the way. Yeah, he's where everyone's Thank commented yes, on his it. shirt.
1: He's for, for people who can't see, he's wearing the old school away blau punk top, which I think was your favourite one, wasn't it, Carl? You it say?
0: was. Yes, the, the fuzzy TV shirt, as I called it. Yeah,
1: that was it. <laughs> yeah. It's already been commented on. Um over now to another friend of the podcast. Pidge, good evening. Good
2: evening, mate. Honour to be on again,
1: mate. Ah, it's lovely having you here, mate. So how long have you been going, where'd you sit?
2: Um most of my life on First game, I don't remember because I was so so young. But I remember going to the um, the Walsall three three at home in the FA Cup. Where we went about four replays and um, did that at about 87, 87 times. So, okay, probably one of my most memorable ones. When I remember one of the first ones, uh, sitting the rookery. Finally got my season ticket back on. So just a shout out to Ray Cook for that. So cheers, mate. And uh, yeah, sitting the rookery, mate.
1: Nice,
5: very very nice. And last but not least, uh, Paul. Good evening to you, Paul. Good evening everyone. Um, my first game was Gillingham at home in the FA Cup in nineteen seventy, game before we beat Liverpool. Uh started going regularly in about seventy four and I sit in the upper G T.
1: Amazing. So I think we've pretty much got the ground covered. We need a, we need a, an Elton John stand person. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, excellent. All very, very good.
0: OK, so, um, yeah, we've got a few questions. So, Pitch, I'll come to you. Signings, what have you made of it? Was uh, anything that sort of floats your boat this season? Just tell us what you think with regards to, to how we've done our transfer business.
2: I've been quite happy, actually. I think we've gone about it. Pretty astutely, we're a club that obviously don't overspend and don't really spend too much. But I think the uh, players we come in with looking at a bit more experience, uh, Danny Rose in particular... Josh King, who's, you know, he has proven that he can score goals in the Premier League, both free transfers, which I thought was excellent. Um, Matty Pollock for the future. And also Emmanuel Dennis, you know, and all these players that, you know, have been brought in are obviously got a point to prove. The Tobury from Stoke. So it could be a stute yeah. signing. We'll wait and see what's going on there. And uh, yeah, I think that a, damn better, a damn sight better the last two years, the transfer winner, than it was um, two years previous than that, where we barely had any friendlies and any signings. So we're looking at, you know, like we did when we first went up, bring, bring the numbers in, but also bring, Proven players that can come in and do a job for us and uh, try and improve from the base that we've already got.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair point. It's a good point. I think that the thing for me um, that I've noticed is, is I think the business that we've actually done has been quite clever. You know, the players that we brought in, especially Danny Rose, free transfer, you know, you can't really lose with that. And again, looking at Josh King, I think that's a great bit of business and somebody that scored goals for, for Bournemouth in the, in the top flight. So hopefully we can, you know, we can get some return out of him. Paul, what about yourself? What, what, what do you make of the, uh, the the transfer situation?
5: I'm reasonably happy with it. The way I think we're trying to do the business is to get players in, which then allows us to get rid of Players, If we can or if we need to, you mentioned Gray and success there too. We obviously, I think, need to get rid of, but you can't force them to leave. Gray specifically, I feel we need to be a bit bold. And if we can't make him get a settlement, we need to tell him we're contracted to pay you allegedly 80 grand a week. That's absolutely no problem. You can have it, but you won't get a squad number because there's 25 players better than you are. And put the emphasis on him and his agent. Do you want to play football or do you just want to get rich? And it's up to him. And then the likes of Hughes and Chalabar, there's people coming in that potentially could replace them. I'd like them both to stay, but I think we need to be more realistic about the wages we're paying. The likes of... Gray and Deeney have been given ridiculous contracts for a club of our size, and I think we need to cut our cloth accordingly. I mean, I've got lots of views on our financial position, but hopefully we'll cover that at a different point. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: Absolutely. Just to touch on, on something you said there that, that rings so true is that unfortunately on this podcast, uh, we do bring him up quite regularly, um, Justin's mate, Andre Gray. Whoever organised that contract behind the scenes, it, it, it beggars belief. That, that was allowed to you know to even even happen and we're in a situation now where we can't offload him you know no other club with 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 any there I say this how do I put this not brain cells, but any any sort of footballing they want to push their club forward by bringing somebody in that's going to score goals. And Andre Gray probably isn't that, p- that person to do so.
1: No, I have heard QPR. Well, I've read somewhere that QPR might have him on loan, but mm. they're going to have to swallow his wages, I would have thought.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read that, but it's I heard that we'd have to pay 80% of his wages. Wow. It could come to about 65 grand a week.
1: Wow. it's is insane, isn't it?
5: And that's my point of just saying, well, for 15 grand a week, put the onus on him. It's like, well, what's the point of us paying 64 grand for him to play for someone else? Pay him 80 grand and let him rot with the other 23s.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it,
5: it makes him go all well, right. I will take three million, which is still a lot of money, but gets him off our books and leaves him to be someone else's problem. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Just um, nice to see you back, James. Just lost you there for, yes. for a second. So- That's all right. Um, what's, what's your take on the Will Hughes scenario and, and, and Chalibur at the moment? It's just oh, it's such a shame. It is, yeah. It, it you know, kind of
4: we've got two really, really good. Players, but also two really decent club men. Like I, I thought last year when we went down, that Will Will Hughes needed to be the the centre point of that team. Yeah, you know, he was the future captain. He was the player who I thought for five years. You know, we we build almost the team around this player, and the fact that it's been allowed to to get to this stage I think is, is sad I, I, I think the, the sad thing about it is that I I just genuinely believe that he probably wants to stay and I think that these that there's obviously something about this you know this contract and I get what they're doing you know they do not want to be caught out as a club we do not want to be caught out again you know with, 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 with high contract burdens without relegation um, you know clauses put in and I, I just think it, it is a shame I think it's inevitable now that, that he will go it's been a bit more quiet on Chalabar's front but um, I sort of feel that with the sort of the the business that we're doing in the midfield, all the names that we're looking for, that, that I can't see any other outcome than those players not turning out for us this year, and I think we will be weaker for it. Definitely, yeah, no, I'm I think you're right. Absolutely, come on,
3: Peter. Overall, I'm I'm reasonably pleased. I think, you know, we can't ignore the pandemic and the £36 million loss. That's got to be first and foremost in our minds. And whilst it's not very sexy when you're going back into the Premier and you want everybody to be signed on, on, on good money and big contracts, prudence has to come first. I think the difficulties come in the fact that Duxbury made the point about we were going to revert back to the Watford of old, we're going to buy younger players, we're not going to pro- apply proven premiership Style players and older players. We're going to buy these high potential players, then move them on and then immediately went back in for Danny Rose, which I think is a prudent signing, but goes against the model previously. Mm. But I th- I think, and it kind of touches on what you, you guys have already mentioned there, is you've got Andre Gray on the books. You've also got Troy Deeney in his last year, and the two of them are taking up a significant amount of salary, and they have to manage this next year. One, trying to stay up, so they're buying, I think, more mature players on short-term contracts to get through this year, to do what they did with uh, with with Kike Sanchez-Flores in the first year. Get through, Get through that year, stay up, shift those bad salary apples, if you will, off of the books, and then we can look to to invest moving forward. But I think players like Loser is going to be really... Quite a quite a good purchase. My one concern is he's been mooted until we bought a Tebo to sit deep, and that's not really where he kind of plays. I think he's going to be uh, a little bit more creative moving forward. All in all, I'd say it's been a pretty good uh, pretty good window.
0: Very nice, like that. Really, just sticking with um, a, a couple of players in the, in the squad. And again, I don't want to go and turn this whole podcast into the Andre Gray podcast. But we've got um, there's a few players at, at, at the club that are potentially going to miss out on a lot of football, and potentially, in my opinion, have a lot. Of quality, you know, and I'll I'll bring players, well, in fact, I'll let you guys sort of maybe pick um, players that you think might struggle to get it, and I'll use Queener as my example, where I'd like to see him play, but I just generally cannot see where he fits into that into the system this season. Going back to you, Pidge, what's what's your take on the squad depth and, and where we're going to be this season?
2: I think it's not, we're not doing too bad here. Obviously, with the signings, we're getting there with the numbers. I think, you know, like we always say, when you sign a player, it's got to be either the same quality or at least, you know, has to improve where we're going. And I think what you said, Queen will be struggling for time. Ashley Fletcher will. Um, Dan Gosling was making that Point that he wants to be like a linchpin in the midfield. Experience-wise, I can't agree. I can't disagree with him. But I think a lot of players that were struggling last season, like the likes of Navarro, uh, Parika, and and to be honest, uh, Deli who I actually think is a very good, promising player as well. I think this first season they'll probably struggle to get some game time I think if we do look at another midfielder which I believe we are looking at then it'll be it'll be interesting to tell because Ken Semmer I thought was one of my outstanding players last season but I think the signing of um, obviously Dennis uh, who's a forward will probably shift him out a little bit as well but it all depends how he starts it because you know like we said we signed King and I think to be honest mate I- I'd prefer King to start up front as the lone striker and you know like we play a four-three-three, and have those guys about so yeah, I think I will agree with Queener.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, we've just touched on it a second ago. Troy Deeney being a, a, a huge burden on the wage bill. I don't know how much football league gets next season. I mean, for me, I think I'm looking back at last season. Probably get you you guys to have a you know your say on this. But last season we did so well without him, and now there's obviously a potential that he could come back into it and start, and that worries me. You know, in in some ways, what's your your take on it, James, with uh, Troy Deeney?
4: I thought Troy towards the end of the season was fantastic. Uh, I love the fact that he travelled up to Middlesbrough and, and as the club captain role, I felt in the final few weeks of um, the, you know, the, the the season, he really took that on. And I was hoping, or I am hoping that sort of next season, that that continues and that he, he he really takes on that, um, that club captain figure. um, And, uh yeah, does that but I I I agree, I, I would like to see King start I think, more. Um I still think Troy's got a lot to offer and, and obviously we're not going to get shot of him with his wages. Um and I so I think it's great that we've had a player sort of reach ten years amongst all the sort of instability sort of at the club in terms of management and the players and the coming and going. I think it's brilliant that um we've still got got you know someone who you would absolutely deem a modern legend still at the club and I think it's it I, I think he has a role to play, but I don't think should probably be as the leading uh, sort of striker in the team. But I think that the one thing that Troy's done over his time with us is, is you yeah know, I know a lot of people started, you know, get on his back sort of in, in recent years. But I, I, I think that if he's committed to the team, if he's committed to the club, which I still think he is, um, that, that he just, he's part of the setup but how sort of, Cisco incorporates him is going to be very interesting.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I think you're right, absolutely. I don't think he's um, guaranteed nail-on starter. I just don't think it's going to suit us at all to, to think that at all. Paul, what are your thoughts on Troy?
5: I think he's definitely a club legend. Uh, I think certainly in a lot of games last year, we started to play too direct towards him, like a, quote, long ball team. Defeats the point of having skillful players like Sa Hughes, etc. in the team. My big worry for this season is he's got a book out at the end of next month. I don't know what's happened with his podcasts he released about five with some fairly high profile guests that all seems to have dried up I don't know if he still does the show on TalkSport he seems to have an awful lot of outside Watford situations going on I mean most people who release a book go on a kind of publicity tour if he's looking to train full time he ain't going to be able to do that um, I would keep him as a potential squad member the very very occasional start I think he's a useful guy to have on the bench with 15 minutes to go if you're losing at home then yeah he can Go long ball and try and get up amongst them. But I think, as a you know, if we start in more than five times in the league, then something's gone wrong. Can't disagree with that at all. Yeah, fair point.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, Peter. I think a lot depends on what shape we play. I mean, Josh King, I agree with what everybody says, but I don't actually see Josh King as being the best person to lead the line individually if he's playing with one wide player, one side and saw the other. That is more Deeney's game, but I agree with Paul completely. If he does play in that role, you cannot continue to welly it to him from 60 yards away to his head, expect him to control the ball on his head and turn and spin and give it. It has to be played into his feet. It has to be played into his chest. I think Deeney is almost like the modern equivalent of Doily, in a way, Um, in as much as every season he is written off and then he comes back and he comes back with a point to prove. I remember on... Crikey, being on the Watford Observer Forum. Do you remember when that was a thing?
1: Oh, yes. Um,
3: in, in the Pozzo second season, when we would had Vidra and Deeney had come out of Nick and he'd done incredibly well and he had a player running on beyond him in Vidra. Vidra goes off to West Brom. We had Fessy and Fessy was wonderful to watch, but he insisted on beating a player or six if he possibly could. He would never make a run in behind. Deeney's game went completely to rat um, and I was accused on the Watford Observer of being Troy Deeney. Uh, <laughs> Troy, Troy should really be insulted about that because, uh, you know, I, I make him look like slimmer of the month, but I, I think he can be excellent. If he plays the one thing, just going back and touching on a little bit about Hughes and Chalabar is the thing that, that, puzzles me is Deeney and Gray we've mentioned their contracts are up at the end of the season so is Chalabar but they are all integrated with the first team squad and Hughes isn't and I'm wondering if we're going to if we are going to lose him for three or four or eight million or whatever it is is he one of those players with the with the attitude and with the attitude to actually say all right we'll play you your last season because for eight million he's a good enough player to potentially make a difference for us in the midfield he seems to mm. have been shunted out ostracized Way is difficult from the from the first team setup, which I think is kind of strange. It's either that, or they just think he's the only one with really any resale value. But um, mm. I I think that's a little bit odd and a little bit strange. But I think Deeney can play a part. I think it's absolutely vital that he is not a shoe in. When he is guaranteed his shirt, he goes off the boil. And the great thing about bringing in yes Fletcher and absolutely King and indeed um you know dennis is the fact that he's going to have to do something well in training and well in performances in order to do get anywhere near that first team shirt
1: absolutely yeah here here a little while ago, Carl and I did uh, a points prediction, and when we totted it all up, well, we thought we were doing very, very well. We we uh, we predicted sixty-one points for this season with a sort of seventh-place finish, which I think is ambitious. Particularly, what we know exactly, particularly as we haven't kicked a ball yet. Um, let's start with James. Um, how do you see our season going this season?
4: When we got promoted, I was thinking, okay, I think this will be. A season where we kind of almost replicate uh, 2015, 16, and and you know stay up and and stay up with some sort of you know some sort of ease. But in the last few weeks, that has just drifted just a little bit. I think it's going to be much more of a scrap. I think uh, I think that Will Hughes think has sort of set me back just on that feeling just a little bit, because I, I, I you know, I, as I said earlier, I think he was someone who we should be building the team around, but there have been some good signings and, and they've clearly gone for, you know, trying to unearth some gems. I think it will be a little bit more of a scrap Will we be in the relegation zone at times this the season? I think so, yes. Will we survive? I think so, yes, because I think the Pozos just won't let relegation happen. And even when we did go down, they almost tried to do everything possible to make sure that relegation didn't happen, right down to getting um, you know, rid of um, you know, Pearson two games before the end and, and you know, getting in Hayden Mullins. They tried everything, and obviously there was a pandemic going on at the time. That was never going to be the easiest manoeuvre. So I think we will stay up probably 16th or 17th place.
5: Okay. Paul, what about you? Pretty similar views to James there. I think 15th is probably the height of our expectations this year. I think it's always critical to get off to a good start. You see lots of teams get off to a horrendous start and then the confidence goes. No one wants the ball. It's like a grenade with the pin out. So if we can get out of the first 10 games, three wins, three draws, something like that, won't be easy, but it just gives you a little bit of a base. It's very difficult to come back from say seven defeats in the first eight games and then go well we kind of need 40 points in 30 games
0: just just to cut in there Paul I think that you make a great point there about the start after seven games if we've got no points on the board is the manager in danger of losing his job
5: at this club he could be in danger if he won all seven so um yeah yeah, I would say say, yes he would be in severe danger let's hope that doesn't happen for god's sake yeah
0: exactly
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather have our start to the season than Norwich. I think Norwich have got like the the opening month of doom, haven't they? They've got like some very very big teams they got playing. The yeah, I month. mean,
0: just before we get sort of pigeon and the other guys um, points on this, the the one thing I would say is, I mean, it, it's very easy to look at look at it from the outside in and go, you know, we're going to be we're going to be okay, or we, we we're going to do this. In, in the greatest respect, nobody actually knows. But when I look at certain teams in that league, there, there's a lot of unknown entities there, and I'll use. Crystal Palace for for an example they've got a new unproven manager haven't really signed anyone they could struggle wolves have got have lost their Portuguese flair to, to Tottenham so he's an unknown they're another team that could struggle Newcastle I think could struggle Brighton could struggle Norwich don't buy anyone so they'll be there thereabouts you would you'd expect again in the in the drop zone I do think we've got enough about us the only thing that, and uh, James touched on this the only thing that puts a, a little bit of a cloud on it is is the Will Hughes situation for me I think without that being involved or being an issue I would feel a lot more confident going into this season
1: Well I think we had a bit of a spine didn't we in the team last season we had back winning goal we had Sierra Alta we had Hughes sort of as a spine in the middle and taking him out it just feels uncomfortable there's a bit of an unknown in the middle of the pitch that you know once I suppose once we know who is going to be there things might be a little bit more settled in our minds but at the moment it's a bit kind of well without Hughes who's going to be you know yeah. bossing the
0: midfield there and... Pidge is probably going to say we're going Champions League I would have
1: thought yeah go <laughs> on Pidge we're going Champions
2: League mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but uh, look, look regardless of the European tour but um, I agree with what um, James was saying at the start as well we we'd probably have a little bit of struggle of course we will probably have A little bit of teaming problems, but I think um, the only thing that will, if we do struggle, the thing that will get us to struggle is the lack of goals. If we do struggle for goals, like you said, the spine of the midfield, spine of the defensive midfield, I think that's a good point, mate. And I think we've just got to make sure that, you know, I think one advantage, and I think some of you guys have made that point as well, the amount of teams that have had new. New coaches. I think you said that, Carl, didn't you? Um, that you know they're this time of in their new coaches, and we don't need to do that with Isco. You know he's been he's been there with us. You know he knows the dynamics of the club by now. He knows what's required, and we've got a set style of play that he likes to play. So we don't have to start from square one, which we've done before. So we haven't got that sort of burden on us. So yeah, I think the only thing that will, only thing that would worry me is the possible lack of goals. Um apart from that, I think yeah, I think we'll just make it sixteenth or seventh. 17th, I'll be up with that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Peter, are you going to be a bit more optimistic?
1: Uh,
3: no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, Well, I'm, I'm not going to be delighted if we get 17th because I think it will be difficult. It will be a struggle. There are some areas of the pitch that still give me points of concern, but there are other elements which you just touched on, which which I think are absolutely hopeful. And I think Cisco is a, is a huge potential element to that. And I think the signings of both Dennis and Rose are really big, personally, I think they're big confidence boosters from the Potsos because you've got two players there who have historically struggled a little bit with mental health or being in an environment that isn't necessarily the most supportive. I mean, go figure, a Tottenham player not being in the best of mental health after being at Tottenham. <laughs> but but they trust Cisco to create the environment that we've seen for the last six months you know, to come in. So I think he's going to keep that bit going. He seems to be really a manager who really tries to get his players content and happy. And that helps him manage a large group, which is going to be important this year, definitely. Uh, The two areas where I struggle with a little bit are right back, which some people will be surprised with. But the thing is, if, if we go back to the Premiership, if somebody should, could show Kiko Fomenia how to defend the back post from crosses, I would be a much much happier person. Um, if you go back to West West Ham, that um, the, the three 0 he ducked. If you go back to the Swansea game, the second goal that we conceded, where Foster should have done much better, but again Kiko ducks. If we put Ngakia in there because he's a more solid defender, I'll feel a little bit happier. Um, and then when we've got them, you know, when we when we're charging after things, then get Kiko on. The other one who probably is going be a bit contentious who I don't find overly comforting is William de Kong I think he's a great leader off the pitch and the talk about what he did after Coventry the guy you know is deserving of a statue but it, the games that that really kind of uh, gave me cause for concern were I don't think he's that great in the air if you hadn't got Sierra Alta next to him I think we'd see more of what happened in the QPR home game yeah. where he just tuned out and basically left Backman one on one with a header from five yards, and he just went completely to pieces. I'd love to see somebody come in who is majorly going to put some pressure and some authority into that back line because I think the midfield's looking reasonable. Even if even if we do lose Uzi, I think the, the the midfield is looking uh, useful and the forward line is looking okay. But those two areas there, if we get 17th they I'll
1: be parting. Wow, this is this is all very pessimistic in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think well,
0: that... we've
2: we've, in, we've invited a load of <laughs> depressed people. <like> <laughs> I mean this Champions League to be fair. You so. did Pidge. You Yeah, did say you Champions
3: Champions did you did. <laughs> you well did. Done. I mean if we look I, I, at I think we've all echoed that we're we're looking to do what we did back in what 2016 <laughs> the first the first, yeah, 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 first year back.
0: Yeah. Which is what which is all you can really ask for isn't it survival that's that's your, it your, is, your main objective. You would hope there
1: would be a little bit of momentum from last season. I mean we didn't scrape it. We actually Charged on last. I mean, from the was it the Bristol City game at home was the six nil? Was it Bristol City? Yeah, we yeah.
4: start the season yeah. on a great run. You know, sort of since February, yeah, you know, our form's been you know, you know, brilliant. So hopefully we can continue that. Um, but I did think what you said about the good start it was that 3-0 defeat at home to Brighton in the season we went oh, down you sort of just knew you just yeah. sort of knew that something wasn't quite right and then that was followed up with that, oh, that horrible day in Manchester where it was 8-0 and at that point it, it, yeah that was that was tough yeah
0: that's a low yeah, that, game yeah, kind of... as well wasn't it yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah sadly sadly i get United City Liverpool and Everton um, yeah so uh, yeah good luck with Lock that the best of days
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you won't be seeing many points yeah. Yeah, let see how many points you get. Exactly.
4: Yeah, just Burnley. That's the. Um, oh, Burnley and Leeds. well. Yeah, yeah so. we'll see. Was, was, it, and was
3: it Andy Lewis who went to something like about 30 consecutive games in the Northwest and he finally got a wizard? Yeah, I, I, was, I yeah. was
0: sitting behind him actually when that when that happened.
1: We were asked to do a thing for a podcast the other day, which will be coming out soon, I think. And we were literally asked to uh, pick out who we thought our key men were going to be in the campaign. I went for Saar. Who did you go for, Carl? Josh King. Josh King. Let's start with Peter this time. Who do you think the key man is going to be this season?
3: I think Imran loser. I yeah. think he has... The one thing we missed against West Brom, where we were talking about having Gosling and Cleverly, and they're seven, eight out of ten, you know, but but less than dynamic use of the ball, should we say? Loser can deliver a set piece, he can deliver a ball from open play, he can deliver a reasonable pass, a decent pass, he can make good time runs. I think he could be uh, made for the Premiership if he get if he gets a run against
5: Paul, I'm with you, Justin. I think it's uh, I think long term, he sees himself playing at a bigger club, and the only way he's going to do that is by scoring goals and making assists and kind of shining as a 7, 8 out of 10 every week. I think if we get 30 7, 8 out of 10 performances out of him, then he can justify his move. If he starts to sulk because we're losing or he doesn't feel he's getting enough of the ball, then he could be a
2: problem. Yeah, but, I, I think Yeah, I right. think a lot depends on Sarr.
1: I think so too. Yeah,
2: Pidge? Yeah, I totally agree with Sarr. I think if you get a happy Saar, like, the Liverpool couple of seasons ago, then you get a, you get one hell of a player. Like like we said, he's he's always been looking on to move on to that next level. But whilst we got him, let's harness the the talent that we've got. And I think it'll be the main one. The other one I would definitely put is the goalkeeper. I think Backman this could be his come of age season where he he completely nails it down. So we we have a keeper that's putting. World, he's on for say ten games a season. Then we we've got half a chance of staying up. And also, Soruata, I think the guy's absolute class. And I was a big critical of the transfer policy, but I think Sir is absolutely amazing player. And and the rough, wasn't one. Yeah, I think Hernandez is another one. I think if we can uh, get him kicking on as well. You know, this promise that um, Penaranda had. I think hopefully we won't miss out on Hernandez with that. <laughs>
3: I'm agreeing can't. with all this positivity. I want to change that. I'll be delighted if we come tense Now, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: better. Well, no, We've, no, no, no.
1: We've lifted the spirits. I think.
0: Um, I think Hernandez is is tailor made for um, for the Premier League. He low set, very much Aguero esque. He's, he's low centre of gravity, strong on the ball. I think he could cause defenses some real problems this season if we if we, if we get him right.
4: James, your key man for next season? Uh, I was going to say Star, so, but then as everyone else did, I thought I'd change to Backman uh, But then Pitch mentioned Backman but I think Backman's going to be. I think Backman, I agree. This is a massive season for him because um, yeah, he's broken into the team. But I think having Foster there to push him all the way, knowing that you know we can make that goalkeeper switch very very easily. You know, we have a, an excellent number two goalkeeper there Um, I'm presuming that Foster will start the season as number two but there's a really good goalkeeping unit so I think that's massively important for us and also I'd love to see Danny Rose Come to the club and have a fantastic season. Yeah, you know, we're talking about a guy who's playing for England three years back in the yep. World Cup semi-final, and 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 if that can work in the way that we've taken on, you know, players who many people might have written off, and they just find a, a real natural fit at Watford, it could be brilliant for you know for Danny Rose, and um, I'm excited about seeing him you know, play for us.
0: Yeah, there's a that's, that's a great point, James. I think there's a there's a couple of players that we've brought in that have got points to prove. Danny Rose being one of them, uh, Josh King, which is why I've kind of. Singled him out because I think he's got a point to prove because his move at Everton was a disaster, let's be honest. But prior Mm. to that, he's he's done it. Um, So, yeah, no, no, I couldn't agree more. I hope Danny Rose has 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 a great season.
3: I mean, we've had players join us from either of the two North London clubs. Who have struggled with the expectation and the environment, and sometimes probably the competition as well. But people like Gomez and Capu when they've come in, you know, mm-hmm. who just seem to thrive in a slightly more forgiving, you know, environment. And I, you know, if Danny Rose could do the same, that would be fabulous. I agree with you completely, James.
1: Even going back, um, Alan Nielsen. Um, he came from Spurs, didn't he? And he sort of settled in very nicely to the team, and he was uh, a welcome addition.
3: Pat Rice, Brian Talbot, for all of the uh, wow. Well, now the we're people who speak in old money. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Gary Armstrong, another one. Mark, Mark oh, Falco, blimey. Mark Falco, yeah, of course. Falco, yeah. Falco, oh, yeah. Oh, now we're going back. This is uh, this is who went the longest now, isn't it? I think Paul's yeah. been going the longest <laughs> out of all of us. To be fair,
4: this is Barry from Watford saying, "You are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast." Thank
1: you. Let's have a look who we think might be lining up against Aston Villa. Uh, let's have a let's hazard a guess. I think we're all going to agree it's a four-three-three. Are we? Are we going to agree yeah. it's a four-three-three? Yeah, 3 yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all happy with a four-three-three. So, yeah. goalkeeper. Are we back all going to say Backman? Yeah. Backman. Yeah, Backman. Yeah, Paul Backman. Yeah, Backman for short. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so going across the back, then we'll start at the old traditional left back position, Peter.
3: Danny Rose. Pidge? Yeah. Again, defending at the back post, knowing what to do, not being afraid of the environment. Something to prove.
1: Everybody agreeing with Danny Rose? Anybody saying anything different?
2: I think Messina will start, but I think long-term Danny Rose will be the one. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm...
2: In- I- I think that
4: there's going to be a um, a loyalty from Cisco to those who got us up in those first few games. So I think Messina will start ahead of Rose. And, um, but I think the, the change around will come very quickly, yeah, if it needs to be.
1: So let's look at the centre-halves
5: then. Paul, who do you think? Uh, I think this
0: one's
4: right? going
5: to split the... I agree with, I think it was Peter said, Troost does worry me. He seemed to have a good first half of the season and then he went a bit off the boil in the second half. And I think his distribution isn't very good to a degree where I think team's Will allow him to bring the ball out, going, Well, I think he'll give it to us fifty percent of the time and that's always a risk. So yeah. possibly Cathcart, I don't know, but certainly Sierra nailed on. Yeah, I think Sierra Alta's yeah, nailed on Sierra as well. Alta, yeah. definitely.
2: Pidge. Uh, definitely Sierra is in my dream too, so I'll definitely go yeah, I, mind. And, uh, <laughs> I think honestly I think I think like James said he'll he'll keep um keep with the players that have got us up, so choose on but I really think Cathcart might get a shoe in soon. But I think Econ and Saralta are the back two.
1: Peter?
3: I think he'll go with Call and he'll go with Sierra Alta Okay. Um, unless we sign somebody for eight billion, who's very good. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Can Messi play at the back?
1: Well, I don't know. He's quite. He's quite good, isn't he? We, yeah. yeah we got, if he, we got if he funds? signs a contract for twenty grand, he can if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> he can play wherever he wants. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Anybody got any other uh, centre halves that might be starting? No. Uh, so let's go then to the uh, to the right back position. Um, let's start with James. Tameene. Uh, Tameene.
0: Yeah. I think he's pretty nailed on.
1: Anybody got any uh, different right backs?
0: I'd I'd like him to start with Mingakia. But really. I think Femine- I think Femina will start. Yeah,
2: Is in a The first? more solid yeah. one, G- uh, and then the more solid defender. Um, Absolutely. Not like said earlier, but I do think Kiko's going to start.
0: Yeah, going forward, Femina is amazing, but it's the yeah. it's the little things tracking back, defending, posts, <laughs> defending. Yeah, which is you know fairly crucial in that role. I, I find.
1: So now the, the most difficult bit I think is the three in the middle because it's all a little bit unknown. Uh, let's start with Pidge this time. Three, three midfielders, Pidge.
2: Bearing in mind if Hughes goes, sadly, I think he might do, I'd uh, definitely be loser. I think the two, uh, T Boo's, um, probably going to do that as well. And how attacking we do it could be cleverly as well.
1: Yeah, see, cleverly had a good season. Uh, we, when we first started doing the podcast, we were sort of questioning cleverly, Carl and I, but I think he's, uh, actually proven his worth now. Um, last season, he actually, yeah, 100%. Didn't he? He was, he really experience. came on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's his
0: experience. Yeah, it's just shone through. I, I, my question for him at the time was, you know, for a player that's represented Man United, you know, played at a really high level. Were we really getting that, you know, from from Tom Cleverley? And I think now, we, certainly last season, we are. We're getting that quality and that leadership that, that we need in the middle.
1: Absolutely. So let's
5: go to Paul. Who would you prefer to see in the midfield? I can see midfield changing an awful lot over the first four six games where they try different combinations and whatever and I think it's just whoever kinda of hits the ground and kinda of grasps a, a shirt, you know, you've got Loser, you've got Cleverly, possibly I don't know. There's numerous others that can play and I think it's just going to be getting the right balance. So I think, I, I think it's very difficult to predict three that will say play 30 games plus. Well let's seat.
1: let's look at the first game of the season. Let's let's look against Villa. Who do you think will be sort of lining up against Villa?
5: I would say loser um cleverly and Itubu. Uh, who have we not done James have you given
1: your midfield
4: no not yet um, I sort of agree with everyone it is the most unpredictable of the areas to fill but ultimately I would love it to start off with Hughes and Chalibre in there um, realistically I don't think that's going to happen um, I thought cleverly last season really stepped up. We've got a few really good club captains there. And I know Troy obviously is the club captain, but people who, you know, who 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 are just really good leaders. And um, so I do think Cleverly's role is probably gonna be a little bit more than maybe what it was in the season we went down. I think that's probably quite a good thing. Um I think loser looks exciting. I think that does look um you know a good a good signing for us. So um yeah Cleverly loser and uh, Chalaber probably Peter
3: I, I agree with the four three three, but I think the change will probably come in the centre where we played last season or the end of when we when we switched to the four three three against Bristol City with one player holding, which was Husey, who was unbelievable. I think he'll kind of rotate that and go with two screening off the back uh, position, which kind of takes us closer to what we have with Marco Silva, which is like a four two three one. In that position, the advanced midfielder. Cleverly was outstanding because he's like the most forward line of, of defense and really working hard. So he could be great in there. And I'd go with Loser and Atabo kind of sitting slightly deeper with, with loser moving forward after that.
0: Does anybody remember a Atabo playing against us when he was a Stoke and they came yeah, out? I remember he, that. He destroyed us that day. He looked strong. He died so yeah, like boss the midfield for them. And he just got everything going for them. But yeah, I just remember him being an absolute monster in that middle. So I am, quite, I am quite looking forward to him.
3: The funny thing with Otobo was it was only when he went to Stoke that they moved him back. Before that, he was a box-to-box midfielder and he he scored loads of goals uh, when he was in Nigeria, moved across to Portugal, was still scoring goals. It's only now that he's kind of been re- reverting into that sort of traditional Makaleli role. So I think he could be more versatile than we probably give him credit for. Which it, So if we sign the, the guy we're, we're rumoured to be uh, in for today, the Serbian whose name escapes me and or, okay, Kozlu means he could be freer to go forward as well, so um, if we got those two guys I think I'd be be quite happy, which, plenty of options in middle.
1: Absolutely, which brings us to the forward three uh, let's start Uh-oh. this time with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with Pidge this time
2: I'll go with the one that I think is going to start, not the one I, I want to start I believe it's going to be obviously Saar, in the middle will be Deeney, I think he's going to do that also on the left it's going to be hard, I think he may punt for Dennis on the left of that three but if not, he'll go a bit more cautious and put Semmer. That's going to be the three. Okay.
5: Paul, we all forward with three.
2: Uh, I think SAR is
5: nailed on, and then I think the other two spaces are really. Again, very flexible. You've got Dini and King in the middle. You've got Semmer or Dennis or, uh, as you say, Jal Pedro potentially come back in. So I think it's kind of, again, mix and match which partnerships work better together. That's provided it does go with the three up front. If it's a two, that changes things again. Yeah, Sarr definitely. And then kind of any two from 106 or whatever it is we've got. On the well, books yeah. at the <laughs> it's a
1: nice problem to have. It's not a problem that we've had for quite a long time, too many strikers. We were crying out for them last season. So yeah, it's quite nice to, uh, to have this problem. James?
4: Um, I do think it's a real shame that Pedro is injured for the start of the season because um, you know those 10 minutes that he's had in the Premier League so far against Arsenal were sensational and I would love to you know kind of see him I think he would I think he would grow I think he'd um, I think he would develop further as a player in the Premier League and hopefully he will when he comes back Um, but in terms of um, yeah the front three I think it will be Sardini and Sima Um, that's my own thought but I'd love King to probably start off and lead the line yeah, I just think that, um, that, that if he is our sort of marquee summer signing, let's get him on from the front. Let's get him an early goal. Let's get him goals in those first two games. Because if he comes on as sub appearances 15 minutes here at the end of the first four games and he hasn't scored after the first five games, that then just starts to build that burden of you know, another striker misfiring you know, for us. So I'd like to see him start early you know, in the game against Villa, get a goal and uh, build his confidence from there. It's going to be interesting I to love, see yeah.
1: you get sanded the number nine shirt, isn't it? This season,
4: I've got one. I don't, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> you don't yeah, think so? Yeah, you think not, yeah.
1: Troy's going to nail on in its his, Is it? I, yeah, I think
4: I think they'll have that. Yeah,
0: okay. I'll, I'll say Saar again. I'd like to see Josh King holding the middle, and I'll, I'll put. Uh, Cucho as well, Hernandez on the uh, the left hand side of that free.
3: Peter, yeah, no, I'd go with uh, Andre Gray. Isaac
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get off my podcast, and, yeah. and
3: and and just for Paul alone, I'd resign. Tre- I'd resign Trevor Senior, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Dave Bamber. Yeah, let's have him as well. Dave Bamber is well. morally, morally, in there. <laughs> morally, yeah. <laughs>
3: That, that, that noise Very was the channel, my YouTube channel going down the drain.
5: Was, um, yeah. <laughs> that is me, me just tightening the noose. <laughs> I, I,
3: I think, genuinely, I think we've got bordering on an embarrassment of riches because I was thinking you, you can start Deanie or King, but I would personally start with Deni first to see how he goes. Saar absolutely is nailed on. But to have on the left the options of Dennis, Sema, Cucho, and of course in the longer term when he comes back Yao yeah, Pedro and being able to shift around is just ridiculous um, you mm. know, for, a, for a team the size of Watford one thing um, I mean Pidge you mentioned there about he might use success rather than Dennis, Dennis's stats uh, prior to the last year where he kind of fell out with uh, with Bruges and then went to Cologne and fell out with them as well, his stats defensively were fabulous he does an awful lot of uh, tracking back and making sure that kind of the, the dirty work is done uh, as well so I think he might actually kind of surprise us a little bit when he goes in there in a good way in terms of actually his energy and work rate because everybody knows him for scoring against Man United and scoring two in the burnabout against Real but actually I think he's he's a bit more of an all round player and I think he might be really uh, might really be something to watch this season. Fingers crossed.
1: Does he stay on his feet unlike Isaac or uh, he,
3: he's probably taken up uh, Isaac's chalk mark on the floor <laughs> uh, where where he, where he can sit in the changing room, and throw himself <laughs> I think, to the floor. Isaac
2: he wears roller skates, and he not. Not, uh, yes,
1: ice skates or something, yeah. He's like Bambi, <laughs> isn't he?
2: I've never forgiven success, just like Perry Digweed for their performances against the Scums. Mate. There's another one, <laughs> one up again. <laughs> that was dreadful, that game, wasn't it? That was
0: absolutely
2: dreadful, that game. One, mate, the 4-2 in 94, or the bloody 1-0 a few months ago, mate. The
1: trouble with that one was we were in a, such a purple patch, and it was... Yeah. We were nailed on to thrash but we just didn't turn up. I mean, that pitch was a disgrace. I, I know both teams had to play on it, you know, blah, 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 but that pitch looked terrible, and they just didn't turn up that game. It was so disappointing. I, I, I think, you know, me and you were messaging each other, Kyle, saying, what is going on? It was just crap. So Yeah,
0: after about 15 minutes, I thought, oh, this could turn bad.
1: Yeah, and it did. It was absolutely dreadful. So, anyway, we haven't got to play them again for at least another season, so that's good news. <laughs> Pidge, before we let you go, um, do you want to plug your stuff you're doing on TMA?
2: Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, um, boys and girls, if you um, Watford fan, you're not already on there, get on the Taylor Made Army back uh, Form on Facebook. We're also TMA TV on YouTube as well. Just um, grab onto there, and also, like I said, we're good friends with uh, the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes boys. So um, everyone who's already joined, thank you ever so much. Peter, do you want to mention YouWarns TV?
1: Uh, yeah,
3: thank you. Uh, wants TV, we've got. Um... Various videos coming out of uh, old and new stuff. Something will be coming out, um, if this hasn't already come out, either last Saturday or next Saturday, whichever, when we're playing Crystal Palace, which will feature the lads from Do Not Scratch Your Eyes when we filmed the, uh, the, the the pilot of, uh, of of the forthcoming game show. Uh, more will follow, hopefully including Pidge in tow, who Toe, who can play Justin for the last of the Mohicans title. Um, Pleasure.
2: You can see what I did there. I, I can Robert. see
1: what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. We uh we filmed that on Monday. I watched it today. All I'm going to say is someone snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, and that's all I'm going to say.
3: Harry Porter is jealous. That's all I'm saying. Is, is he, Yeah. In terms, exactly. of, in terms of comebacks against Bolton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. James, do do you want to add anything?
4: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I've enjoyed listening to the podcast, so it's uh, good to um yeah good to come on. And and to be honest, just chatting now about some of the players we've got playing for us next season. You know, we're a week off from the season, you know, almost starting. You know, it can't help but get you a little bit more excited. Maybe I might move that 17th place up to 16th. There we uh, go. 15th. So the, yeah. Just some really optimism. Just some yeah. talking. And, um, you know, just uh, wish wish the boys all the best for the season ahead. I look forward to seeing you when you come out to the northwest, And I hope that Troy has a fantastic testimonial season for us. Um, I'd love him to end his career at Watford just in an upward trajectory, you know, you know, kind of in a really good way. So I do hope that... Um, the, 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 whatever role he plays in the team this year. And I just sort of think. I want to remember Troy when he does leave Watford it's just this player who scored some great goals brilliant penalties at critical moments but also and I think people forget this you know at the time when GT died I felt that Troy was the only person who was banging the you know, the drum for Watford we had Walter Walter at the club at the time yeah. and he was just he, he was so good in that moment and um, I just want when Troy does leave the club for us yeah, for him to just go with our absolute best wishes and thanks for what he's done and that's why I hope he has a great season
5: i echo those sentiments
4: yeah
1: fantastic
5: paul just hope that the club gets itself on a more secure financial setting over the next few years the debts are frankly unsustainable as they are today and i hope everyone enjoys the season looking forward to it thanks for having me on
1: Uh, it's a pleasure and i'd like to thank you all for giving up uh, an hour of your time uh, joining us on the podcast you know it's great to have some different voices on occasionally and and you know inject some life into things so it's been absolutely lovely having you all on. Thank you all very much for turning up. No problem. No probs. Excellent. Thanks guys. for having
3: us, guys. We're looking forward to seeing a full Vicarage Road more than anything at all.
1: Get twenty percent off and free delivery with the code YourEyes20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com and use the code Your Eyes20. Your balls will thank you.